This episode contains trigger warnings for suicide and abuse. Hi, welcome to Original Character Do Not Steal, the podcast where I let you tell me about your OC. I'm Scout Shiro. Today we have our first return guest on. So welcome back to the show, official DM of the show, Kat. <laughs> Hello. My house does not smell like cookies, but I have a kitty. Oh, that's fine. So yeah. I hear some purring later <laughs> in your audio. That's good to me. Kat, who are we talking about today? We're talking about my little shit son, OC Co. Mikano. Now, I know Co. because... In the episode before this, if you're listening chronologically, I talk at length about the Pandora campaign that Kat runs for me, that Quinn's in. I know Ko pretty well because he's one of the key NPCs in that game. God help you all. Yeah. (laughs) He was inhabited by the Sin Wrath, if you guys remember us talking about the Sins at all. But Ko is not originally made for that game, which I think is really interesting. Kat, tell me a little bit about that. Who is Ko and how did he start? So I created Ko probably my sophomore year of high school. So that's like well over a decade ago. Man. Yeah. His best friend, Ty, and his little sister, Naomi, all three of them are like my oldest actual OCs, like properly made for a story. And who came first? Ko and Naomi came first, but... I was I was thinking about that, how much he has changed and how much as I grew up as a person, so did he, which is really crazy. That's really important. I mean, it's our job as human beings to grow. Yeah, but the long story short of Ko is he's a little shit. I guess it would make more sense if I like explain his story briefly. Yeah, yeah. Give me a little pitch on him. What's his deal? So Ko is from an urban fantasy story that I have called Chained. Um, the first story is Chained Destinies. <sighs> it's very anime (laughs) whenever i have to explain chained that's all i can think it's very anime but he is a kid who is a vessel for very very evil demonic spirit called markel so he gets possessed and is like the pseudo antagonist of the first story and then the one of the protagonists of like the following ones but he is possessed by Markel who wants to kill this woman named Serenity his little sister Naomi happens to be Serenity's vessel so basically he's possessed trying to kill his sister <laughs> it's great for him and we hate to see it because Naomi is very good yeah Naomi's very good so he spent a lot of the first stories in um, not really present, which is fun for me. I always like that part about him. Because the way the first story of Chain goes is you see a little bit of Ko pre-possession when he's just like the snarky teenager. And then you see him like a little bit after some shit happens. Like he gets kidnapped by a cult for a year and then they find him again and he's a little traumatized and then he gets possessed. And then you don't really see Ko till the very end of the book where like he's slowly still coming to terms with all the shit that's happened that I can't really go into without major spoilers. You see him more develop in the future to be this just giant asshole that i love who escalates things so quickly would you consider him to be a likable character i mean i like him i think he's one of those kind of characters that he is absolutely very prickly he isn't good with people so i mean you you have this experience firsthand with quinn yeah co is not good with people and kind of very much acts like an asshole but 
I would think he's likable because once you get beneath his prickly surface, he's a giant dork. Yeah, I think <laughs> I I always find Ko likable whenever we, despite the fact that we describe him with these words, when we interact with him, because it's very clear that it's just a front for his insecurities. And I think that's, it's interesting to watch him grow and to like kind of move past that a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a total front. He is without a doubt an asshole. Yeah. But it definitely is a result of him handling his own issues because he's got a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it's like when we can break past that like prickly exterior and actually kind of like see him a little more sensitive. I think that's really cool. And, and it's good. It's very multifaceted, I find. I'm glad. Um, the way I like to describe him, he's just, especially like when he's older in the story, post like all this, like getting kidnapped, possessed, trying to kill his little sister, like all that trauma. Um, he's just this depressed kid who is handling his depression. He has bipolar, trying to handle that. And some days not wanting to get up out of bed, but he is always trying and getting up and pushing himself because he wants to be a good big brother in the end. He really pushes himself because he feels like he has to be strong for his little sister. So he kind of like tries to push on and a lot of it is also him kind of trying to figure out how to live with depression and all that. Mm -hmm. And kind of navigate that. Because it's a trigger warning, I think. Um, I will say he... It's very awkward for me to say. Um, He did try to kill himself. Yeah. And I kind of do a little nervous giggle there, but um, so he's also very much trying to recover and not fall into those kind of thoughts again. And one of the scenes that keeps him going is is, is Naomi, his relationship with his sister, and later on other characters, but... And how old are uh, Ko and Naomi? Ko, at the start of all this, is only 17. Uh, Naomi's 14. In the sequel books, uh, he is... Yeah, he's 21 and she's 18. So he's he's 21 for a good chunk of the story that people like follow him and where a lot of times I tend to draw his character more from. Tell me, uh, just because I think she'll factor a little bit into this too. Tell me just a little bit about Naomi. Uh, Naomi is a bundle of energy. She is a ball of sunshine. She is the opposite of everything Ko is, um, except Sass. They're both Sass and they have moments where you realize they are siblings. So they're like foils to each other. Basically, yeah. Naomi is just this, she loves everyone. She's a giant crybaby. But she, again, very similar to Ko wanting to be strong for her. She wants to be strong for him and everybody else because she always found herself getting protected. They're siblings, so they pick, he picks on her relentlessly. He calls her a butt munch. She, but she goes, she goes right back at him with her. She goes right back at him. She sticks her tongue out. He calls her a brat. They'll go back at each other, but they are fiercely loyal and they love each other so much that um, I have a saying in in the books. Naomi will tell people, oh, wait till my big brother gets here. He's going to kick your butts. I'm surprised you didn't do your Naomi voice. Oh, hold on. Let me me do that. She says, just wait till my big brother gets here. He's going to kick your butts. Gosh, I love her. But I also have it where 
Co will tell people like if he's in trouble like with the enemies and so people like, do you want me to do my co voice too for this? Of course I do. Okay. <clears throat> We're not playing D and D this week because it's Thanksgiving, so I kind of need it. All right. Um, Co will go. Just wait till my little sister gets here. She's gonna kick all your fucking asses. God. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Naomi is, uh, she absolutely will. <laughs> she will. I love Naomi so She's much. She's easily. Child. One of my favorite NPCs to interact with. Good, she's the main one. <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's like our our PC NPC, and I and I really really love her. I love to because she she really started out as this kind of character who I, I think she has a lot on her shoulders and she doesn't really know how to deal with it, and she's really starting to kind of come into her own, and that's yeah, she's a good. But we'll talk about her another time. How did you, so how'd you get the idea for this story? And can you tell me a little bit more about the bigger concepts behind Chained without being spoilery? The basis of Chained is a long time ago, there was a dude named Markel and there was a lady named Serenity and they fought because Markel was an evil SOB who wanted to destroy the world as villains do. And Serenity was like, no, that's not cool. Um, so they fought, and there's a lot more to it than that. But Serenity defeated Markel. Markel died, but cursed her. And as a result of his curse, they have been going through cycles of sort of reincarnations where their spirits are vesseled in people. And sometimes they're aware of it, sometimes they're not. And sometimes Markel will possess whoever he's a vessel of trying to track down Serenities. Tying into Koanaomi, they are the current vessels of Markel and Serenity. And there's the whole, there's a prophecy in the story where people believe they're going to be the final vessels. So whatever war, basically, Serenity and Markel have been fighting throughout centuries is going to come to an end now. And it's a lot of Markel's side and Serenity's side trying to protect them or in Markel's side's case kidnap a 16 year old boy and traumatize him so that he will become possessed by Markel and basically put an end to this war and then it carries on to the following story where you discover a bit more about their pasts and how uh Pandora's box plays into things along with the end of the world yeah and how there's more to what you were told Markel and Serenity were like in the past. Ho has to kind of navigate then his feelings about all of this, along with the notion of do I want to help or do I just want to step away and not involve myself any further? Yeah, and that's kind of where he is at in our game right now, I want to say. Sort of. He's he's in a complicated space in the game right now, but I would say he definitely wants to help no matter what. There, There's a bit more. I can't tell you what's really going on with him, but it should be revealed soon. I know. I'm not trying to, like, fish or anything. I know. It should be revealed soon, though, for that. Yeah, I see him. He really hasn't been on the front lines for us. I would say he's been more like an informant, which I think is interesting. And obviously there is a lot going on with him. Um, He's definitely changed a lot. He gets put on the front lines through his own choosing, but it takes him a while to really feel like he can and gets through his own kind of issues. Hi guys, editor's note here. We actually recorded this episode around Thanksgiving, as I said, and Ko has finally joined the front lines in our campaign. We're currently fighting Sloth, and we're going in and out of different people's dreams. And Ko has joined our party. It's really cool. 
And this is a this is a young adult novel, or yes, yeah, young adult. Everything I write is young adult because I feel like it's an important genre, and especially with what I try and always have inclusivity and representation of all sorts of things. I feel it's really important to stick to have young adults so that teenagers can find this and they can find more people like them. Maybe that's good. Like like Ko's half Japanese, half white bisexual boy with depression and bipolar and lots of issues. Where did you kind of like, uh, what inspirations do you draw from for Ko? I don't know how I created it. Okay. <laughs> so I say the story I created when I was a sophomore in high school. Ko and Naomi themselves and Point High were created when I was in eighth grade. When I went on a Harry Potter WB board and I would definitely not be doing role play threads about Harry Potter. My role play threads definitely more were inspired by like just basic fantasy like orcs and elves and all that stuff. Right, because they were elves, right? Yeah, they were originally elves. And they originally weren't brother and sister. They were just friends. And then they kind of um, became brother and sister as my story for them evolved in my head as I, I was getting to know them better as I role played them. And he's come so far from the personality he had then to what he has now because when I first created him and really throughout a lot of high school really wasn't until I was in college I think until that he developed more he was just like this stereotypical like kind of emo kid that was it that really was him but now I feel like he's a lot more faceted and not just an emo kid and I know that you you've told me before that you like pull on parts of yourself for code too yeah can you tell me a little bit about that if you're cool with it I couldn't tell you exactly what because I think a lot of it is subconscious for me when I put into characters but I as a kid I was diagnosed with bipolar issues mm -hmm. so one of and I was very my bipolar manifested in really bad mood swings to anger um so I gave when I have been developing co one of the reasons I gave him bipolar was kind of I'm aware of that and his manifests into anger management issues he has very much a lot of the issues I had growing up and one of the reasons I had him in the stories, he takes uh, Taekwondo. And it's largely because that's what I took to really work on my anger as a kid. So it correlated for him that, yes, it makes sense to me as a writer that he would do this too to kind of have an outlet. And you still take Taekwondo, right? I do. I just restarted it. I yeah, I remember because you, you actually came from a Taekwondo class right before you were recording this. <laughs> I did. Oh, my legs hurt so much. Does Taekwondo help you uh, with your emotions and regulating yourself? Yeah, I think it's a good outlet for me. Um, a lot of times when I'm I'm really stressed, I can just go and I can forget about my problems for about an hour and I can kick and I can let it out. And if I know, like, if I'm tense and stuff, by the end of yeah. it, I'm all loose and I feel better. That's great. What belt are you at right now? I think you were going for a test a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm at purple right now, which is my fourth belt, mm -hmm. fourth level. And I'll be going in December for my green belt, which will be my fifth. And what level do you think Ko is at? I would say Ko is probably a black belt. Wow. He Because he would have been going since he was a kid. And he, he would definitely be a black belt. And it, it works for him in his story because he does a lot of fighting um but a lot of his fighting style is based on kicks which is what taekwondo it's a lot it's a lot of kicking he is he into like any other kinds of sports um not really ko kind of hates all 
sports coat's kind of actually a lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I don't really understand sports. He likes Taekwondo because he's been doing it for a long time. He probably would like something like fencing, but I think no, I think you told me that he snowboards, right? He like He does, he does. You're right. He yeah. likes a lot of the winter kind of sports. Um and like he skateboards too. Yeah. So like that kind of sport, but like the when I think of sports, I always my mind immediately kind of think of baseball, football. So he's into more like extreme sports. He does a lot of snowboarding. It's one of his like favorite activities outside of reading. Yeah, I remember this because um so actually for my magical girl game, Kat allowed me very graciously to borrow Ko and Naomi. And Ko is Ko is gonna show up pretty soon. Ooh, you're gonna have to tell me in on that later. But I'm really excited to play him because Ko is so Colin says this in the last episode, but uh Quinn is a very different kind of character than they usually like to play. And Ko is a very different kind of character than I usually like to play. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm very used to characters who are are, are support classes primarily. Um I'm I'm very used to characters who uh are very cautious about actions. And I think Ko Ko's a little, a lot more forward. Um, oh my god. Yeah, no very Ko's- forward. Ko is very much, I joke because he, so I run um, the Pandora campaign with another group. Yeah. And he literally, they finally got to actually like have a proper conversation with him by like entering his mind. It was weird. But Ko's first reaction was to try to kick them. Nice. Which is very much, I feel like sums up Ko. He is very forward. He definitely doesn't really think, you would think looking at him, this nice, nice young man, that he would think before he did something but he tends to kind of just rush in especially if someone's in trouble and plan as he goes or if somebody's intruding on his space he also gets very alarmed by that he gets very alarmed and is very prone to just lashing out at people yeah i'd say this too is ko is the kind of person in a fight not to be like make this sound violent or anything but i always think about those things in like animes or like action movies or something where like the heroes like all battered and bleeding and like has like blood in their mouth and stuff but they're grinning still and i always imagine that was ko that he would give people bloody smiles as he's like getting his ass kicked because he's still gonna fight no matter what and that's very very much him can you tell me a little bit about him in the pandora campaign in general i say as if i'm not in this game (laughs) I know. Well, him and his Pandora campaign, a lot of Pandora was based off Chained for me because it has to do with the Seven Deadly Sins and Pandora's Box, which they co has to deal with later on. Um, Spoilers, I guess, maybe for Chained. It might change by the time I read it. People might not remember this episode. Um, But for the Chained universe, Pandora's Box is actually Co, because the Pandora's Box is actually technically linked to Markel. So Co kind of became. Pandora's box. Um, in Pandora, it's actually an item, and Ko was supposed to be like this generation's guardian of it. And then shit hit the fan with the villain attacking him and Ty and Naomi one day in the park. And Ko kind of um gave up his role and allowed himself to kind of be take captured by the villain you guys have not met yet. 
properly, I don't think, was possessed then by the rude Misty Man, we call him, and then by double possessed by Wrath and became the Babashook. Ko's Wrath for a very long time. He was, and then he was gone for a very long time. I think he only came back in story, probably like not even, a, he hasn't even probably been back a month. Yeah, I would say it's about story. that much time. So he's a half elf, right? Yes, in Pandora, he's a half elf. And he's a rogue. And recently we also found out that he's multi-class. Yes, uh, that result, the pesky result of being possessed turned him into a warlock. No, I'm not going to tell you the patron. I know. I'm not <laughs> fishing. I'm just kind of like, ooh. Um, but that also, I, I chose him to be a rogue warlock multi-class to tie back into how he is in his original universe. Yeah, tell me about that. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, because in um, the chain, chain world, he fights a lot with a sword. And it's just very quick and light on his feet, which I associate with rogues. And he can probably be really damn sneaky when he needs to be. Um, but he also is able to use abilities that from Markel. So his powers are really freaking cool. Um, they all have to do with mirrors and reflective surfaces. Mm. So Ko can basically like manipulate like broken mirror shards mirror shards into being like throwing daggers and kind of like fling them off at people but he can also like literally step into a mirror and as long as he knows like where another mirror or something is located he can like teleport it's really cool so i picked a warlock because i figured it would fit for how he gained these abilities because he has this spirit inside him kind of like a patron and i love eldritch blast so much yeah eldritch blast is a good move. it's such a good move it's so good and the thing that's interesting to me too is that mark hall is actually not a villain here no he's not from what i know from what we know as players mark hell is not a villain he's a knight of the raven queen which i think is really interesting and he owns a bakery in town. Yeah. Uh, and he and he made Quinn some zucchini bread. And Ko doesn't like him. <laughs> and we met Mark Hal because Quinn was kind of on the brink of death for a minute and died, quote unquote. Well, he got knocked out. Yeah, he got knocked out. If you talk to him, he will insist that he died. He insists that he died. Yeah, he insists that he figured out religion. Um, And he met Serenity. Yeah, who is Dora. You guys know shit about where she is. She brought him back. She like was like, it's not time yet. And she smooched him on the forehead and brought him back. And then he he said, holy shit, I figured out religion. And like, uh, he was on that for a while. And then I don't remember how. I want him to bring that back. I want to bring that back. I fucking love that. That was really fun. I don't remember how we figured out. You had. You had met him prior, I think, um, but that was, like, the first time you really talked to him. You're right. I think we met him when he was in, like, his uh, night, kind of. You met him yeah. You met him prior, um, just in passing. Yeah. Then you met him proper, as realized he was a knight of the Raven Queen, um, back when Isabella almost died. Right, right, right. And yeah, that's when we were in like this fight and we met, we found him and we were like, oh shit. And that's kind of what led Quinn to seek this guy out. I don't remember what led him to it, but he was just kind of like, well, this guy knows about death, so he'll know. So he went to the bakery and 
Raquel is like, you did not figure out religion. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a villain in this, as far as you guys know. Yeah, as far as we know, he's just this guy. He's just a pretty chill guy, which is fun for me. Um, We're not, we can't, this is about Ko, so I can't talk about much about Markel. But it's really fun for me because it's play, me playing. A lot of what happened to Markel is he just went insane. And in Pandora, I get to play him like how he would be had he not gone insane. But Ko still does not like him. It's the universal truth. And Ko knows him here? Yes, Ko knows him in Pandora. I don't know if we found out how. Uh, Because... Oh, Mama Makano almost died. Oh, yeah. Tell me about um Ko's family life. Who does who are his parents? Who does he live with? So he lives with his mama, and he's an absolute mama's boy. And she's a good mom. I love her. Um, he lives with his mom Tabitha, her name, and his little sister Naomi. And he has um they have next door neighbors who are basically like an aunt and uncle to them, Chaiki and Matt, who are like kind of checking in on them a lot. But it's just him, his mom, and Naomi in their household. His father, Akito, left when he was a kid. Uh, Ko has a lot of issues with his father, say the least. His dad was pretty verbally abusive to him and did at one point hit Ko. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with his father is um, part of Serenity's kind of people. Akito has his own issues. In his head, he basically realized once Naomi was born, Ko was Markel's vessel. Naomi was Serenity's vessel. Oh boy, I might have to kill my son one day. I need him to hate me. His way of kind of doing that was to be bad dad, basically. And they do they do meet again when Ko is older. And they never truly, Ko never really forgives him. But they do kind of reach this kind of mutual, Ko comes to like an understanding, I guess, of his, where his dad was coming from. And his dad is just very proud of the young man Ko has grown up to be. I feel weird ever talking about his, because I never want to like, justify i think i guess the word i'm saying akito's actions because no that bad it's very and it's a serious topic um but that is ko's family life and he's pretty close with ty right his best friend yes he has a best friend named tyler warrens but everyone calls him ty um they've known each other basically since ko and naomi moved to the town they live in now and like ty had just moved there too basically and they actually met because Ko was picking on Naomi and she was like maybe two. He wasn't paying attention and she wandered off and she wandered into a game of catch Ty and his dad were playing. So Ty's dad put him and Naomi on the like a bench, ran off to find Mrs. Makano and Ko. Sorry, can you describe Ty's dad for me for a second? Because I would just imagine him as a big dragon man. <laughs> That's not actually his dad and that Drake isn't his dad in this universe. Oh, wow. Ty is a completely different family life. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway. That's for another time. But um, he went and Naomi threw her like two, three-year-old babble was like, my brother was a butt. <laughs> um, Ty and Ko's first kind of meeting was Ty berating him for being mean to his little sister and Ko yelling at him to mind his own business. And then they became best friends. <laughs> and they both look out for Naomi, which I think is good. They and both, Naomi yeah. looks out for them. I don't think they realize how much she looks out for them because um, they're very used to like just protecting her. Um, and it's a whole issue for her. But Ty is like without a doubt his best friend on the entire planet and basically like a brother to him. And they go through the this whole Markel bullcrap together because <laughs> um, Ty was actually with him when he got kidnapped. And who else is part of Ko's life that's important? Hmm, there's a couple people. 
Um, the ones that jump out at me is people he is romantically linked with. Yeah, that's what I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, I know. I know that's what yeah, I figured. Um, there, first, there's Zane, who is a very, very flamboyant man. Um, I say man, he's like a year or so older than Co. Always has funny, fun colored hair. Um, he's sassy. Um, but he's very much... This is hilarious for me to say, because I don't know if he listens. He was very much inspired by my friend Brendan. Oh, we're going to talk about Brendan, because Brendan asked a bunch of questions earlier. I know he um, did, but he's he's very much inspired by my friend Brendan, to the point where Brendan used to wear, like, bandanas around his wrist. I forget why. But when me and my, my friend Mandy, who helped me basically design all these characters, were designing Zane, we were like, what does, what does Brendan... Brendan does that! And we gave it to him. Um, Zane I it. love that. I didn't know that. Yeah, Zane's... I mean, Zane's morphed into his own character, but, like, his origins were very much, like, inspired by Brendan. I describe my friend Brendan because he's, he's such, like, a fiercely loyal person, like, but also will, like, not tolerate bullshit. And I very much try and keep that with Zane, too, because support it. I love Zane. Yeah, Zane's, Zane's good. Um, and he and Co. were romantically linked for a little while, but they ended up breaking up because Co. was not in a mental state where he was ready to really, um, like, romant- romantically linked with someone, have a boyfriend and everything. But they very much still care deeply for each other. Um, even throughout, like, when Co. is in a relationship with Maria, um, Co. still, like, cares deeply for Zane. Maria is basically, uh, she is the future matriarch of Serenity's kind of followers. She basically grew up being told that she has to hate Markel's vessel and not see him as like a human being because if he tried to harm Naomi, he would have to be dealt with. Um, so Cohen and Maria did not like each other at first. <laughs> they basically, they're my slow burn pair. Uh, Co kind of accidentally realized one day that he had fallen and she kind of came to the same realization and they kind of in that very much young adult teenage way tried to ignore it <laughs> until one day Ko got fed up with her being a know-it-all and just blurted it out and then they avoided each other for like a week and then realized that was dumb too. I'm surprised that Maria didn't say something first. No, Ko actually in a concussed state while she was berating him, basically told him her that he liked her. And then they avoided each other. But Maria was the one to like basically be like, okay, we're going out on a date then. She she was the one to instigate that. But Maria is um oh how do I describe Maria? I love her so much. Um Maria, I wanna say sassy, but I feel like I'm describing everyone sassy. Yeah. Mar- I, Maria I truly is. Maria as no nonsense. She yeah. Maria is um Maria is one of the most responsible characters I've yeah. ever um, Maria is very much no nonsense. Um, she is in, uh, of Indian heritage, does not tolerate stupidity, likes to be straight to the point, does not like to beat around the bush, um, very driven, very focused. But also the kind of person where, like, if she needs to wake up at three in the morning and come in her pajamas to help you out, she'll do it. Yeah, she 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 will very much help when she can, even if she's complaining the entire time what do you mean i have to pick you up from the bar you know (laughs) she and co are very good together um they just kind of fit into fit together really 
beautifully. And they, they start to even each other out, which I think is Yeah. They even each other out really well because Maria won't tolerate Ko being a dick. But at the same time, like, Ko will tell Maria when, like, okay, we need to take a step back and you need to breathe and not try to control everything. And they really, they, they really beautifully, just through no fault of their own, fall in love with one another through the course of the story. And then they just are almost inseparable. And it's really hard for me not to have them be lovey-dovey in Pandora. Yeah, I they're actually to together that. in Pandora. Campaign. They're not. He is with Zane. He's with Zane. Which I love, too. Not that yeah. I don't love him and Zane together. But, like, it's really hard for me not to have Maria be, like, kind of flirty. Yeah. And Maria's actually, um, Maria is Quinn's landlord. Yeah. Um, in Pandora campaign, which I think is really fun. Uh, yeah, they have a cool relationship. Man, I think we've been going for 45 minutes. You want to get into some questions? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, or actually, before we do that, is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, well, let me think. Uh, oh, I have an idea. So, Ko was possessed by Roth. Yes. If you had to pick a different sin for Ko to be taken over by, which would you pick? Pride. And why? He wouldn't outright say he was a prideful person, but he doesn't like to accept help from anyone. He likes to think he can handle everything on his own, um, everything that happens with him. He has to come to terms that he can't handle everything on his own and shoulder it all by himself. He has to ask for help when he needs it. It's really hard for him to do it. So a lot of people, once they get to know him, they get like, he has like um, two roommates that um, named Aaron and Luke that like, uh, really get to know like all his kind of ticks so they'll know if like he's having a bad day and really needs to be left alone or if he's just being a shithead and doesn't want to go hang out with them and they also know oh th- this is a fun little fact about ko he hides under his bed oh that's a big mood <laughs> yeah when he gets really i guess stressed or upset about something like really upset about something or just scared he will just climb like without even thinking he doesn't even realize he does it climb under his bed and he'll just stay there until he calms down but there's a lot of time that the only people that can coax him out are his mom or naomi or later maria and he, he doesn't mean to do it it's just something he'd done since he was a kid what about um so the virtues also play kind of a role what do you think is his virtue i would either pick diligence or kindness um diligence is because he's just a persistent once he has his mindset to something he's gonna see it um kindness though because despite how he acts once you are his friend you are his friend and even if you're not he still has a kindness to him and a caring like um in pandora perfect example back when he first came back he didn't know how to interact with any but he went out of his way to check on Irie. he would hang out at quinn's apartment under the guise of keeping an eye on Naomi just to kind of get to know Quinn and he would bring Jade lunch while she was I working. loved that. I loved Quinn and, and Co hanging out together. Yeah. And in Chain, there is a character named Alice that is one of his good friends. And he met Alice basically because Alice was painfully shy. You remember back in the days where they'd be like, oh, pick your partner. You get to pick a partner. She would be too shy to 
pick a partner and kind of just sit there really nervously. So Coke started going over to her immediately whenever they were in class and he would just decide that they were partners. So it's that kind of attitude that he has like deep down that makes me pick kindness for him, possibly over diligence. I really like that because like he, it, it shows that he, has, he cares <laughs> despite like how grouchy he can be. He is a good person. He just has a really hard time knowing how to show it. Absolutely. He's been through a lot. So yeah. he has a lot to deal with. And even in universe where like, if he didn't have a, a lot to deal with, like he still would just have issues knowing how to, how to show that to people. Okay. So let's go into audience questions. So we got a couple questions from friend of the show, Brandon, who hosts the super lit podcast, which is very good. And I love to hear it. And he's also uh, in real life, extremely long time friend of cat. God. Yeah. So <laughs> I probably known Brandon as long as co has existed. Brandon wants to know what's your favorite thing about co he will just unapologetically speak his mind um he's also he's really hard to write in a role play standpoint when i'm writing off someone because he is such um abrasive person but when i'm writing him like in the story his story and it's from like his kind of perspective he is so fun to write (laughs) um but i do love i love that he just like unapologetically will be like if someone's doing something stupid we'll call them out on it um without any hesitation and I do just love him in Pandora. I love how he developed. What makes him different than your other characters? Possibly he's so unapologetic. Not that like I don't have characters that are as outspoken as him or even more outspoken. He was the first I made really that was like that. I think the only person that I know that's as forward as Ko is is, is Isabella. Yeah, I've I've there are a couple other characters in ways. Um like in Jake's Jake's story, there are a couple characters that like don't hesitate. I would say that I guess just how he evolved of the character himself. Ko is different because he's I, I think because he's been with you so long when we grow and change it's hard to see that development in short periods of time. It's only easy to see over long periods of time. The fact that he has grown so much. Yeah. In the past year that I've you know been interacting with him in games uh he's he's really changed so much and i think that's it's really admirable and it's fun to watch um and i'm glad that he's he's kind of like working through his stuff a little bit it's it's good to see yeah and it's it's fun for him for me because he grows so much between the two stories the first Mm -hmm. story which takes place when he's 17 to the next story where he's 21 like i said before the the whole first story you see him as just teenager and then he gets kidnapped comes back basically traumatized gets possessed spirals into very bad depression tries to kill himself and then kind of starts to work himself back but you don't as a reader really get a good glimpse of who he was outside of that sulky teen until the very end of the first book where he basically tries to like take care of naomi and then you skip ahead a couple years and he is so much more confident in himself at age 21 and snarky and flips people off and drives a motorcycle and um still has to deal with all being Markel's vessel and everything that pertains to but he's slowly finding who he is Mm -hmm. and he has a better grip on it yeah and he has a much better grip on his shit (laughs) 
Not a very good grip, but a better grip. Right. And and sometimes it's, it's slow going, but it's it's good to know that he's working on it. Yeah. Brendan wants to know why he hasn't been made into a character. You but inspired Zane. Zane, yeah. <laughs> you inspired Zane, Brendan. Yeah. And then the last one, which we were reading this before before we started recording, and Kat was like, I hate this. I, I'm mad about this question. Okay. Uh, Ko's two favorite people are hanging on to him, and they're over a cliff. He can only save one. Who and why? So his two favorite people, well, Naomi's clearly one of them. And he's clearly, no matter what, going to save Naomi because it's his little sister. So that that that's that, no matter what, he's going to pick a sister. Um, but if I was to take her out of the equation because she's such an obvious choice, two favorite people probably would be Ty and Maria. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Zane, I love you. Ty and Maria, though, in the setting of Chain. And he would probably just agonize about the choice. He wouldn't want to make the choice. I feel like he could probably, like, Spider-Man 1 movie and, like, save both. He would try. He would try his damnedest to save both. He would refuse the even notion that he would have to sacrifice someone. And I would say, ultimately, the choice would be taken out of his hands. Because Ty is one of them, and Ty is a self-sacrificing person. But um, Ko would refuse to not at least do everything in his power to save both. He would Spider-Man it. And I'm going to ask my typical question. What's his, uh, what's the nasty way he likes to eat food? I don't know if he has a nasty way of ever eating food. Well, what's his, what's his favorite food that's kind of like off the beaten path? Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I honestly could not tell you because I wouldn't be sure. Um, but on the notion of food, he is vegetarian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's vegetarian. So I actually, I don't know enough vegetarian foods, unfortunately, um, to really tell you. <laughs> so you tell me. I could kind of see Ko as somebody who would be very into... Remember on the ground that he's a lazy bastard. Yeah, but his mom... Yeah, his mom is a good cook. I could see him being really into like a stuffed pepper with like some okay. textured vegetable protein. I can see a stuffed pepper or mushroom. So like, have you ever had one? No, it's, it's me. It's usually <laughs> for for people that don't know. I'm very picky. Yeah, she's getting better though. I am. A stuffed pepper usually has rice in some kind of sauce with some meat, but you could uh, substitute that for any kind of like meat substitute, so like okay. a frozen crumble or a textured vegetable protein. In, like that in this case, I would suggest TVP, but that's just because that's my personal preference because I'm allergic to a lot of frozen meat substitutes because they have soy in them. And then it usually has some sort of cheese on top. Okay. And it's in a pepper and you can make it like Italian style. So you can put, um, you know, red sauce and mozzarella cheese on top. Um, I've also had it where you can put like salsa on the inside, other kind of cheeses on top. It's, I think he'd like that. I think he would like that a lot. I will say he, he does like tofu a lot. So he eats a lot of tofu. But he, he is vegetarian. I love that. Yeah, I, I forgot you didn't know. It never came up. It hasn't come up in the game. Ko doesn't eat with you guys. <laughs> he doesn't usually eat with us. We had a we had a study party when finals were happening. And Kat made our characters take finals. <laughs> in I the did. game. 
I uh, did. You know. It brought me joy. Normal D&D things. But I don't think Ko was at the study party. because No, Ko, that was when he was gone. Yeah, Ko wasn't there. Yeah, Ko's a vegetarian. That's really cool. I didn't know that. It's awesome. Do you have anything else you want to say before we... He smokes. He's a chain smoker. It's bad. <laughs> he knows it's bad. Got tattoos. He does? Yeah. He has a couple tattoos. What does he have? He has an apostrophe on his wrists. What? Or no, a semicolon, rather. Sorry. Yeah. Semicolon. Because um, that whole, the, the movement that that is. I liked it. And I thought he would enjoy that. I mean, he doesn't have like anything really fancy. But he has um like up along his side and his page, he has um people's names. Oh, wow. So he has um basically the people closer to him that like have kept him kept him grounded yeah and like are like his reasons for like keep pushing forward so he has naomi he has his mom's name he's got ty maria zane he's got his roommates all their names like on his sides he's a big softy he's he's a giant giant softy like i love him he he cares so deeply but he's so bad at showing it (laughs) is the problem but once you are his friend, you are his friend, and he will take a bullet for you. You get written on his body. Not all people get written on his body, but, like, those that are very, very close to him. He's a, he's a doofus. What do you want to plug? I have a Twitter now. It's a writing cat. I ramble about D&D, writing, wrestling. Yeah, that, my Instagram, Digital Hopper. But uh, I do a lot of my writing and OC rambling on Twitter. It's good. I love Kat's Twitter. I'm learning oh, it slowly. I'm glad she's using Twitter. I'm like, love that I can follow up with my, my one gif of that chick eating an apple in a hammock. <laughs> I had a Pandora um, Natalie Dormer. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I ask Kat about something like shocking that happened in game, she just does this like gif of Natalie Dormer <laughs> eating an apple really smugly. And I think <laughs> you can find original character Do Not Steal. We are on Twitter at OCDNSCast, where you can ask, you can send in pictures of your OCs. You can tell me about your OC and I'll bring you on the show. I'll, I'll show you my editing process. It takes me a long time to edit episodes because I'm very, very meticulous about it because of school. School taught me how to be like this. And I wish that I didn't be like this, but oh, I'll try to get them as perfect as I can before I release them so that it does take quite a bit longer than a lot of podcasts, unfortunately. I'm sorry about that. I'm trying to get better. Um, but yeah, it's at OCDNSCast on Twitter. I also do another show with best friend of the cat and of the scout, Amanda, yeah. called Unlimited Blade Jerks about the Fate series. We're we're watching Fate Zero and we love to see it. You can follow me, Scout, on Twitter. I'm at, at Alderani, A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N-I. Um, I talk about D&D a lot because it's one of my favorite things. I do costumes and I occasionally talk about musical theater. Thank you for coming on the show, Kat. Thank you for having me come back and talk about my boy. Cat, you're valid as hell. Yay! This has been a Mesa Verde Media Production.